The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Welcome back to another episode of the Dental Download Podcast. This week is geared towards those pre-dental students, but before you switch to a new episode, if that is not your case, I am still going to do a big recap of the past couple weeks because I haven't done an intro in a little bit. So we'll go through the recap and then the topic of the episode is the final things to check before submitting your dental school application on Adia AdSAS. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so the first half of this episode, like I said, is going to be the recap what's been going on in my life in dental school lately. If you're new here, I'm a third-year dental student at Michigan, but I think the last time I talked to you was like very early May, like start of third year, start of clinic, so I'm going to jump back a couple weeks to what would be May 23rd. So I was in Florida visiting my family that weekend and I extended it to be Friday night through Tuesday night. So I didn't schedule any patients on Monday or Tuesday that week and I was able to just do kind of remote requirements from school from there. And then I bulk filled my Thursday with three appointments except one of the patients canceled so I just ended up doing an assist instead and I also was able to get two assists in that week and then go to our required Friday labs. So that was kind of the gist of that. It was super nice to be in Florida with my parents and my sister. I haven't seen any of them since Christmas. My parents did just move back into um, our house in Michigan though for like the summer and fall time. They kind of follow the warm weather, (laughs) the warm, comfortable weather, but it is really nice to get to spend some time with them whenever the opportunity comes, and it's nice that we get to schedule our own patients, and that gave me the flexibility to take a couple days off for family and for myself, and that weekend was Memorial Day weekend, so it was like a super short week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of school once I got back from Florida, and then we headed into a fun weekend. 
I was able to see one of my college friends for just like a little catch up. And then I celebrated my year and a half dating anniversary with my boyfriend. We went to dinner and a cute downtown and then to a drive-in movie. And then we spent Sunday with his family on a lake near my hometown. And then Monday we were able to just kind of do some more time at the lake and then come back to Ann Arbor so that I could reset and get ready for a week of school. And it's honestly crazy to think that the week of the 30th, since we had Memorial Day off, was only a four-day week because it felt so busy. That's the week that just finished up when I'm recording this for you all on Sunday, um, June 5th. But that last week was just really busy, (laughs) even though I didn't even have all of my patient appointments because once again, I had a patient no-show. It's getting unfortunate, but we are able to like send them verify patient interest letters, warning letters, different things depending once they cancel on you. But um, let's start off with just Tuesday that week, the 31st of May. So I kicked off the week strong with a morning workout class and then I had an 11 a.m. patient and I assisted at 2 p.m. And then we had a Bible study and I stayed afterwards to go through this room in the basement of our dental school that houses like all of the student organizations extra stuff. So we have a lot of bins in there for ASDA and I wanted to kind of do an inventory. So that took me like an hour to count up everything that we have, see what's in there, see what can maybe get thrown away or donated or what we can sell during the fundraising sale during the first year's white coat ceremony coming up in July because we were approved to sell some items and actually have a lot of stock left over from previous sales, which is nice because now any money that we make from selling them is really just going to feel like incoming revenue rather than having to buy some and then what's left over is your profit. So it's going to be nice. And that was Tuesday. So it was like a 7 a.m. workout class made me get up at 6 a.m. and then I didn't get home until 9 p.m. So a very long day. And then Wednesday, we have an 8 a.m. lecture for pediatrics that's in person. So again, leaving for school around like 7.30. And then we have a couple online classes and usually I assist during that time and just play catch up for the online classes later. And then I wasn't able to do anything else for school after that assist because I had to do some errands for my family and go to like the Secretary of State and things of that sort. So again, a common theme, like it's really nice that we can kind of choose when we're seeing patients and when we're assisting, like within reason, you still have to find a way to meet all your requirements. But if you need to put a bunch of things on the same day or avoid a certain time of the day because something important is happening you can kind of make that happen, which is really, really nice. And then I did another workout class that evening and had a Zoom with one of my dentist mentors. On Thursday, our 8 a.m. class is also online, and I watched that one on my own time as well. So Thursdays are nice because I either do a 7 a.m. workout class or I sleep in. It just kind of depends on how the rest of the week went. This particular Thursday, I decided to sleep in, and then we have an in-person class at 9 a.m., so I went to that, and then my 11 a.m. patient did not show up, so I assisted someone, and then I did have a 2 p.m. appointment, which was super fun. Um, It was like a college friend, and it was just a fun time to get to work on someone that is fairly easy, healthy, dental patient, and just get to like chat and catch up with someone. And then I assisted again at 5 p.m. And on Friday, so a couple days ago, June 3rd, we had 8 a.m. endo lecture followed by endo lab. And then I assisted a D4 with 
like removal of a stainless steel crown which is kind of interesting on this very elderly patient and under it was this gross as in like intensive decay so you could maybe do caries removal to determine restorability but as soon as we took a radiograph it was very apparent that the tooth was not restorable but because the patient is elderly and that's the only molar there for their molar occlusion their bite we probably, well, they will probably do something to put some kind of filling in the tooth and just let it be because the pulp chambers are pretty calcified anyways. It's not causing any pain. It's asymptomatic. So even though the tooth might be like dead, just for the sake of saving the patient's occlusion, especially at this age, if you were to extract the tooth, then the molar on the upper arch would hyper erupt and she would have a harder time eating. And that would again affect the mobility of the upper tooth. So there's just no reason to extract it. They'll probably just fill it and see what happens, but cases like that are always really fun to assist because I feel like I learn a lot. And then immediately after that, we had a lecture for our implants lab and then implants lab itself. And that week for implants lab, we were doing digital um, design. So you were kind of doing a scan of a abutment after you would have already placed the implant. So a digital impression, I guess, is the right word. And then we also did conventional impressions. The week prior, so May 27th, an implants lab, we were placing implants ourselves into a model. So it was like a model jaw. And we went through all the steps with a representative from Zimmer, the implant company. And they brought all the supplies for us. And we were able to place an implant, even though it wasn't in real bone, animal or human, or on a real person, it was still cool to get to do it on a model. And it was a lot easier than I thought it was. Like when you have a surgical guide, it's fairly straightforward. But of course it wasn't in a mouth. So a mouth gives a lot more limitations with like angling and accessibility. We were bench top for it. So circling back to where we were Friday, June 3rd is very close to where we are now, Sunday, June 5th. And this weekend I was just here alone and Friday just got to kind of chill. I went to a bar class and literally just relaxed. And then on Saturday, I went to a workout class. I headed home to my parents because I was hosting some friends for one of my friend's birthdays since we live on a lake there. Um, so I was like cleaning up the house, all that kind of stuff, running errands. And then today on Sunday, I did another workout class. I went to mass and I studied a bit because this week is a study week, but next week, we have five midterms. And last week, like I said, was coming off of Memorial Day. It was four days of school, but it felt so busy and I was exhausted by the end of the week. So I'm very unsure how this week will go with a full five actual days. But you know, it's okay. I'm sure it'll be fine. We always get through it. Um, this upcoming week, I'll give you a little run through, not as in depth as I did about last week, but I'm assisting on Monday, patient appointment, and then radiology rotation. And then on Tuesday, I'm doing an assist in the graduate perio department, so like the graduate residence for periodontics. Then I have an appointment at two. One of my other appointments this week was canceled in advance. The patient told me they weren't going to come, so I filled it with a grad perio assist, luckily. And then I have another Zoom for my orthodontics elective class where we go through ortho cases, which I think is super interesting and teaches me a lot about just like occlusion and treatment planning in general, even though I don't want to be an orthodontist. And then on Wednesday, pretty much the same thing as last week's Wednesday and same with Thursday and Friday. 
except this Thursday I'm trying not to do as much stuff in clinic. I don't have any of my own patients and I don't think I'm going to even try to assist since I did so many last week. We're supposed to do three per week and I did extra last week. So I'm going to try to just go to a coffee shop or something and study for those five exams. I think it's three midterms and two finals because endo and implants both finish up and then we have our Fridays free for the rest of the summer going forward so we can actually see patients or assist or whatever. But this week, so the week prior to midterms, we do have a practical for endo where we're doing an access and obturation of number eight. So most anterior teeth, like 80%, have one canal. I think 20% of anterior incisors or central incisors have two canals. But because it's a prefabricated tooth, it's like the same tooth that you'd use on boards, there's one canal. You pretty much already know the working length and everything. But we've practiced it like twice I think through and then we also did a couple other teeth we did a premolar and I think we did three premolars and then like three central incisors and then an access on a lower molar as well as well as obturating it basically we had like a handful of teeth and some of them we just accessed which just means like drilling the opening to access the pulp chambers, the pulp canals, but you don't actually go into them and clean them out, and that would be obturating. So some of them we just accessed, and some of them we accessed and obturated. So it just kind of depended on what the assignment was looking for. But I'm excited to be done with that class. It's been really cool. It's unfortunate we really don't get to do a lot of endo in dental school. I think most dental schools don't do a ton of endo, but some are probably better than others. Ours being one that just we don't get a lot of endo, unfortunately. Most students do one before they graduate. Some might get two, or you might get to do some on your external rotations in fourth year at other clinics. But generally, I would say students do like one or two total before they graduate, which is unfortunate. But we get lots of practice on the fake teeth, at least. It's better than nothing. I think that's everything leading up to where we are now, though. So that can be our recap for this week, and we will get into the main topic, which is final things to check before submitting your dental school application. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Alrighty, friends, this is honestly going to be pretty quick. And this is really like a tiny, tiny tidbit of like insider, last-minute info from mistakes I've maybe seen. I have a completely thoroughly in-depth episode episode number six of this podcast that you can listen to if you want an entire application walkthrough and more tips I would highly recommend that if you haven't listened to it yet and you're applying just to make sure that all your bases are covered but these are just the little things that you might forget so spelling (laughs) spelling is the first thing I wrote down have someone that you trust read it over for spelling and grammar like every single tab, not just the personal statement, not just like the secondary supplemental questions, every single part, like your hometown, your parents' jobs, names, responses to the little 
shorter questions throughout it, like the COVID statement, your hand skills, disadvantage statement. Have someone read it over for spelling and grammar. And obviously, this should be someone you trust because, like, I know your social security number and other things are in there. So maybe like a sibling or like a close friend. And then, of course, is your personal statement done? I know it's hard, honestly, for most people to get to this point to then feel okay to submit their personal statement. Sure, there's always changes you can make, but have you had a few different people look at it? Have you had a dental student? Have you had a dentist maybe? I didn't have a dentist read mine, but I definitely recommend dental students because they got accepted. They must know something about what is looked for in personal statements. I would say a dental student if you're able to connect with any and then someone that doesn't know you really well. So it could be like someone from your writing center, someone from an online service, um, like an old teacher or something, and then people that know you well, your parents, your best friends, people that saw you go through this pre-dental journey and can tell you different feedback that is more biased compared to other people maybe being non-biased. So just making sure that you've at least given your personal statement enough thought. I'm sure you probably have and you don't need to give it any more thought. I'm sure it's great, but just a reminder for some people that maybe didn't get enough feedback. So the other thing is transcripts. Do your transcripts match correctly? So sometimes it's hard because we had some kind of like extra classes that weren't super clear what subject to put them under. Like some of my entrepreneurship minor classes, I wasn't sure if I should say like business or marketing or different things like that. But I don't think it matters too much what you flag those classes as if they're not prerequisites, but definitely all your prerequisite courses, make sure that they're input correctly. They match your PDF transcript exactly. And then also that you paired them all up correctly with each school you're applying to, that you didn't miss anything, that you didn't flip-flop like Orgo 1 and Orgo 2 or something. And then you also want to make sure that every school you're applying to, their prerequisites are in your application. You didn't have to have taken them already, but it should be listed under your planned coursework. So let's say you're starting your fourth year of undergrad and you haven't taken psychology yet but Michigan needs psychology so that better be in your planned courses or else Michigan might not consider your application or they will come down on you later saying why didn't you take this class when are you going to take it you start in June and you just graduated in May kind of thing so you don't want to run into those problems and you don't want to risk a school not looking at your application just because you didn't plan a course. The other thing is, is your degree, your degree and educational information correct? So I've seen people that just made some typos in their degrees or like when you were classifying it, instead of like bachelor's, they picked associate or something. And I would just like, again, double check every tab of your application. But that's something any of those like drop down boxes, you could so easily pick a different selection than you thought you did. And you just want to make sure that it's all correct and really give it a thorough look over before you submit it. And another thing that's really important is your contact information. Is the email that you put in there correct? And is it the one that you want all your interview invites to hopefully be going to? I mentioned this in the application episode, but I made a new Gmail account just for my dental school application. 
and then logged into it on the app on my phone. So I got all the notifications. I set like the notification settings to every single email because sometimes Gmail filters like promotions or spam or whatever. Like I made it tell me every single email because this email like wasn't used for anything else. So it wasn't getting emails unless they were coming from the dental school saying we got your application we're reviewing your application fill out our secondary essay pay our supplemental fee you got an interview invite here's the status of your interview stuff like that so if you have the chance and you haven't submitted yet I do really recommend just making a new gmail I think mine was like Haley dental schultz at gmail.com like I put dental in it so it was more distinct from my other emails but that's just an example And you want to make sure that contact info is correct because if you have a typo, how are the interview invites going to get to you? How are the secondary applications going to get to you? And you're not going to get an interview unless you complete the secondary or supplemental requirements. So whether that's sending in like a headshot, paying a fee, answering questions, doing what is it called like Casper or whatever. If it's any of those things and you don't do them, you're not going to get to do your interview or even maybe get an interview offer. So you want to make sure that they can get you that information by having the correct contact info on your application portal. The other thing is with your letters of recommendation. So you probably don't want to submit until they've all been uploaded just for your own peace of mind. And it's not going to get reviewed by the dental schools until you have the application until you have the letters that that dental school requires. That's kind of the common theme throughout this. If you don't have all of their requirements, they're just going to throw your application into another pile and not look at it. So maybe you have three out of your four slots there. You're waiting on the fourth person, but school XYZ requires that fourth letter. You might as well just wait till that fourth letter is in there before going ahead and submitting your application to every single school. And same thing with letters. This is the reason Interfolio, which is a website, Interfolio, I'll say it slowly so you can type it into your search engine if you want to. It does have a fee, so I'm not saying you need it, but one thing that is nice about it and what I liked is it proofreads your letters for you and lets you know if it has a letterhead and signature, which is a requirement for most schools for your letters of recommendation. So if you don't use Interfolio, I would check with the people that sent you the letters of recommendation and just kindly double check with them that the letter does have a letterhead and signature because, again, that could be a small reason a school doesn't interview you just because you didn't follow their instructions. And is your DAT up there? Is your transcript verified? So have they verified your DAT score? Have they verified your transcript? And then my other couple things are not really things to check, but I would just say after you submit it, don't forget to update your application throughout the school year or semester or whatever if you're in a gap year, just like letting them know, oh, like I got this new job or I did this volunteer project with my club, like add in those extra volunteer hours, extracurriculars, employment, whatever it may be. Or if you retook your DAT, like don't forget to update those things. And I think it's acceptable after November-ish to start making more personal interactions to the dental schools, to start sending emails or calling admissions offices, like letting them know that you updated your application with these certain things, letting them know that you're really interested in their program, sending letters of interest, which are different than letters of intent. I'm sure I talk about that in episode six as well. But I would just say make sure you're updating things. 
The other piece of advice I want to leave you guys with is don't hold on to your application for no reason. I know I gave you all of these things to look over, but if you've done that, you have to trust and take this moment. Honestly, I was really happy and proud when I pressed submit on my application. I was still super nervous throughout the cycle and throughout interview days and throughout like that first day that you could get accepted. I have a whole vlog of the first day of acceptances on my YouTube channel, but Despite those moments being nervous, like the moment that I finished my application and submitted it, I was so proud. You get to see everything you've been working on for four or five, six, however many years all come together and you should be really proud and you should be excited and just press that submit button and keep your eye on your email to make sure you're filling out the secondary slash supplemental info so that your application goes all the way through and you actually have a chance to get an interview. So following up on that, I would just say after you submit, move on, focus on other things, keep your notification settings as high as they can be for that email that could get you info about your dental school decisions, but go on with life. The interview invites will come. And as I mentioned, if you haven't heard anything by, I would say, this is literally my personal opinion. By early November, I think if you have good stats, it's acceptable to start emailing schools, asking for updates, updating them on what you've been up to, sending it specific, like tailored to each school you're emailing, letters of interest, because maybe you got lost in the pile somehow, or maybe they were considering a handful of people and you were on that list, but that made them decide to give you an interview pre-December, those last couple weeks of November. I know I had a couple of my five interviews. I had two of them in November still. So, and a lot of people, just putting this out there as well, have interviews in January, February, don't get accepted till January, February, March, April, when school is starting in the summer. So don't get down on yourself and don't be scared to submit. Be proud of everything you've done up to this point. I know that people listening to this podcast have probably been preparing for a long time and are really excited, nervous energy, all the emotions about applying to dental school, but I know that you all are very unique and competent and going to make great dental students and great dentists one day. So I wish you all great luck in your application and your application cycle. Feel free to always message me on my Instagram or the podcast Instagram. I try to get back to them as quickly as I can if you ever have questions. And we do have that Facebook group that's linked in the description of the podcast. It's not super active, but it exists. And I have put a lot of dental students in there. So if you have questions or maybe you want someone to read your personal statement, like that's a great place to post because I don't always have time to answer every question or I can only offer my own experience, stuff like that. So I highly recommend asking questions in that Facebook group if you have any. So with all that said, thank you all for listening to this week's episode. Next week, we'll have a guest. He's super personable, super funny. His name's Dr. Avi Patel, and we learn about his journey working a bunch of associate jobs, why he worked so many in the first couple years, the good, the bad, and now what he's up to kind of trying to venture into a more specific niche of dentistry and also build like an online educational presence. So that will be next week's episode with Dr. Avi Patel.